Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com MFRP. That's betterhelp.com MFRP. Check it out and sign up today. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. Thanks for tuning in today. My name is Brady Ross. I am the host of this podcast. I also have a midweek momentum newsletter that you can subscribe to, and you'll get an email on Tuesday after the podcast comes out on Thursday, recapping the episode and giving you a little extra dose of inspiration to finish the week with the same amount of drive that you had when you started. I would encourage you to check that out as well, especially if you enjoy the types of conversations that we have on the podcast each week. That email newsletter is a great way to reinforce what you're hearing here. Also, subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. That way you'll get easy access to all our episodes when they come out. We'd also love if you'd give us a rating and a review while you're at it. That'll help us grow this community and take this message to more people. Today, we'll be talking with Lisa Sakai. Lisa is a financial consultant. She works with clients on bucket list acceleration, and she helps them get to live the life that they want right now as opposed to later on. She's the co-founder of One Vision Retirement. She's been working with clients across the country for over 12 years. Her advice provides easy-to-understand logistical steps and exercises that people can take action on right away. As Lisa and I started to talk about how people manage their money, I realized how much overlap there is between our approach to money and our approach to motivation, and I think you'll hear that come through on the show. I can't wait for you to hear this conversation, so let's get started. Here's Lisa. Lisa, so great to have you. Thanks for sharing some time with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Brady. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be great. So in talking before, I was telling you about what led me to start the podcast and why I was passionate about motivation. And it seems like there's some overlap between this topic of motivation and what led you to start your practice and work with your clients in the way that you do. So tell us a little more about that. Absolutely. So um, I've been in the industry for about 13 years, and I would say probably six or seven of the years, I was practicing more of what most people would consider, you know, traditional practice. Most of the people coming in 
having some urgency and wanting to get things done were probably about 55 and over just because they had less time to get ready for the big thing, which is retirement for most people. Um, But I love working with younger folks as well. And the thing that I kept seeing them hold back on was retirement was 30 years from now. And they couldn't see all the other things that could be motivation for them before retirement, because that's the thing that you're supposed to work with a financial planner on, right? It's how do I save for retirement? That's always the thing that people think that they're supposed to be saving for. And so slowly but surely over the couple of years after I kind of realized that this was a pattern, I wanted to break that. I started thinking about how can we get people more motivated to start earlier? Because my 55 plus, you know, plus years old clients would say, I wish I started earlier. So how do I help the, the the generation before them get going? And so we, you know, played with a couple of different things, but we kind of landed on bucket list planning. And um, for people who don't know what that phrase is, because most people don't, um, basically what that is, is let's find some shorter term goals that excite you, that want, that make you motivated to start saving some money, putting some money away, getting in control of your money so that you can go to Bali or you can buy that Aston Martin or you can do do the thing that you really, really want to do and stop letting the, I, I would say, noise of society kind of get in your way because it's about you and your money and how you want to handle it. Hmm. That's so interesting because when I think about a bucket list, I think about things that I want to do one day before I die. And I think everybody has thought through what some of their bucket list items might be. But for somebody like me, so I just turned 30 last month. It's not really something I think about a whole lot, just because like you said, it seems so far in the future. But from what I hear you saying, it seems like there's this correlation that you sense between thinking about that bucket list, but then also having these shorter term goals that are more motivating to work toward. Exactly. So most people, I hate to say it, and congratulations on turning 30. Thanks. I definitely Um, feel old. Yeah, it seems like such a long time ago for me. 30s will go fast. So just enjoy them. Um, But essentially, I would say the biggest thing that happens is life goes fast and people are sitting there at 55 and kids maybe have gone off to college by then and things and they haven't done anything that really excites them. They haven't done any of their bucket list items. And that's, there's two things. A, that's kind of sad because we've left, you know, 20, 30 years, not really doing what we really were excited about doing. And we're waiting to retirement to do it, which retirement is a wonderful time to explore and do new things, but you're also a lot older. So, you know, skydiving might not necessarily be in your bucket list item after the age of 65. Maybe, maybe so. Maybe some people want to do that. But most of the time, people want to experience life sooner and they wish they had. Um, The other thing that you kind of run into when you wait too long on starting to take off, you know, check off those bucket list items is you kind of don't learn who you are outside of your work. Now, I kind of think this younger generation, your generation has it a little bit more dialed in. You guys are still trying to enjoy life. It's not just about work all the time, um, which you get a lot of you know, a lot of people criticizing you for, but that, that to me, it, it shouldn't be about work all the time. However, you know, the older generation, 
does tend to spend, you know, 60, 70 hours at work and, and identify themselves as their job. And so when you wait till retirement, it's like, who are you? Mm. What do you really want to do? And I was actually on another podcast and the lady was telling me about her, her friend who thought for 10 plus years, he thought I'm going to go fly fishing when I retire. And he bought all the gear and he got the boat and he did all this stuff. And he went out for his first week in fly fishing. And he told her he hated it. Hmm. He said, I've never been more bored in my life. And I can't imagine what that sense of like, okay, now what am I supposed to do Mm -hmm. that creeps in? So you kind of learn who you are and what you want in retirement better if you actually start checking off those bucket list items. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are aspirational things to do throughout your life, but so many people push them off to retirement because that's what they think they're supposed to do. Yeah. And this brings up an interesting question about motivation. So one of the things that I talk about, write about often is in these times of tension, when we feel motivated to do one thing, but we also feel motivated to do something else, like there's competing motivations in play. And we have to recognize that they both exist if we're going to make a more intentional, more informed decision about how to proceed. And so as I hear you talk, I'm thinking, well, someone like me at 30, I could feel motivated to save for retirement, but I could also feel motivated to enjoy my life right now. And it's like, how do we find that balance between preparing for the future while also not saving all of the good things and all of the joy for a time much later in life? Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. And that's a great thing to be focused on is that balance. Because it is an all or nothing. Like we think that if we're saving, it's all got to go into our 401k or our IRA or whatever we're saving to. Um, it's all, all got to be sitting in our bank account if we decide we don't want to do a retirement account. And really, it is about finding that balance. It's about saving for your future. And it's also about saving for your present or for what you want to have happen sooner rather than later. So It really is about having, I don't know why in our industry, we always talk about this, but having those different buckets, we always use buckets as the word you're supposed to put into, but essentially it's about having your, your bucket list plan, um, that bucket, having something that's, you know, there for emergency and then having longer term things, um, to be able to give you that leg up on the next thing. So if your first thing is, I want to go to Bali and you complete that, wouldn't it be nice to have a leg up for the next thing you want already started? And that's the way you kind of get the ball rolling is you find that way to balance all these different things. And we always think that you've got to save so much to retirement, so much to you know, other, other places. And it's really not about that. It's just starting where you can start Mm. and getting used to that discipline motivation, right? Discipline to, to just put a little away every month Mm -hmm. and it will start to start to kind of snowball into something amazing that you will find that your money is there for what you want when you want it. Whereas your friends who aren't doing that are going to be sitting at home going, I really wish I could go to Mexico this year, but I can't Hmm. because I don't have the money and I've already maxed out my credit cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you talk about motivation and discipline, I imagine it's something that grows over time because the motivation that we need to start doing something is pretty high. And often that's because it's very uncertain. 
our natural inclination to motivation is often to preserve what's comfortable, preserve the status quo. And so anything that is a departure from that is inherently more challenging to pursue. But then if you do a little bit and you realize that the outcome is not as threatening as you maybe thought, then you're able to gradually do a little more and a little more. And it becomes more customary, becomes more comfortable. And over time, you're like, all right, this is second nature, but it requires that first step in order to get started. Most people, I would almost argue all people can't really go zero to 60 right away. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, that's why a lot of us will say, and I'll say why I caution against doing this completely, but doing automatic savings. The reason we say to do that is all you have to do is turn on the automatic savings, right? And Mm -hmm. kind of remember that you need to have enough, you know, available for one thing to move to the other so that Mm -hmm. you don't have some overdrawn balance or something like that in a bank Mm -hmm. account. But once you do that and you kind of forget about it for five months, let's say 10 months, whatever it is, and you look at the account, you will be shocked at how much money is in there. Even if you're putting, you know, $50 away, it really adds up and you did it without really having to think about it. It just was done for you, but you did have to take that first step of like actually setting it up properly. Mm -hmm. I would say the second step from there is to make sure you're monitoring anything you put in place like that, because it's really easy to turn something on and go, well, I'm set for life. And you and I both know that life is very flexible. It's <laughs> it's always changing. There's always mm-hmm. a change that's happening. And so if you don't really challenge yourself to do more, that $50 might be better to be $100 once you get to a certain point that you can do that. Or once mm-hmm. you've gotten the motivation to up it, it's about challenging yourself more than challenging anything else. Yeah. Like what can I do to protect me in the future to take care of me to make sure I'm having the life I really want to have rather than necessarily just putting something on automatic because we don't want to deal with it. I mean, money is one of those like hot and cold issues. We love money. You know, when anybody says it at conference, like, you know, who wants more money? Who wants to be a millionaire? Everybody screams and goes, yeah. And I would challenge to say who's willing to do the steps and the work it takes to become one. And the hands go down quite a bit because it's it's that fine that finance fear that kind of comes into our mindset. Like I'm not good enough to do that. I don't have enough money. I you know all the excuses you probably hear with motivation and working with people on their motivation. Those all come into play with finances plus you know money memory and other things like that that just play havoc on your ability just to push yourself forward sometimes. Hmm. Yeah, this is so interesting. So what I'm wondering, and you may or may not have a grasp on this, and if not, that's okay. But do you find that as you work with people on that motivational piece, as it specifically relates to finance, does that have a transcending effect in other areas of their life as well? It seems to, obviously I can't say for everybody out there, but for the clients I've worked with, it does seem to help get other aspects in order for them. So once they have a grasp on their money, and when I say grasp, it doesn't mean, you know, your emergency bucket has to be filled and you have to have all this money saved. I actually just mean, have a sense of control of your money is going where you want it to go, right? Have a sense of, understanding and you are in control of your money rather than other outside forces that we sometimes will let happen Mm -hmm. 
to take control of our money. And essentially, once they get that control, it's really easy to take that skill and move it over to our health, move it over to um, being a learner or completing a course or something like that, because they realize it's not about huge, gigantic steps. It's really about what I call baby stepping. It's those little things that get you really far instead of focusing on the gigantic leap to, I need to have six months of emergency fund set up for myself. It's what can I put away on a monthly basis to get me closer to that? And maybe it's $25, $50, maybe it's a hundred dollars, maybe it's more than that, but it's really about just starting rather than anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. I think about James Clear, Atomic Habits, which is a oh, book yeah. that I mention a lot on this podcast, but he talks specifically about saving habits at one point and says, if you have a large income, but you're spending more than you make every month, you're on a bad financial trajectory. On the other hand, if you don't make as much, but you are consistently putting money into a savings account, you're on a good trajectory. Your position may not be the same as what that other person's position is, but over time you're going to move forward, whereas they're going to move backwards. And so that good trajectory, it may be a steep line up or it may be a more gradual climb, but the the slope doesn't matter as much as the direction, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I, I use James Clear all the time too. So I'm with you on that. And I actually just posted on LinkedIn, um, one of his quotes with something talking about that, but I just recorded, it will probably come out in a couple of weeks. So by the time this is airing, it probably should be on our YouTube channel about the idea of more money, less problems. And that's actually not the case. A lot of the times, just because you make more money does not mean that your problems are going to go away. The habits that you had when you had less money are probably still the same and you haven't changed them. So once, you know, let's say you're making, uh, I don't know, $50,000 a year, and now you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year. A lot of people move their expenses up to those same levels so that they're mm-hmm. saving about the same amount of money they they were when they were making 50,000 because the idea of i should reward myself i've earned this you know i used to make 50 now i make 100 you know all that stuff kind of goes into our minds and we start to do the creep we call it you know the creep of spending and so essentially you end up being in the same position you were when you were making $50,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so a quick question for the person out there who they feel like they're way behind on finances, like they can't even put $25, $50 away or so it seems. They just feel like they're behind the eight ball. We acknowledged earlier that motivation is hardest when there's the most uncertainty in front of you. And so with that person with a high degree of financial uncertainty or a lack of stability, what would you say to encourage that person to take any sort of these baby steps that we've talked about? Yeah, absolutely. And just as an FYI, if anybody wants a resource I put together on these baby steps, there's one on our resources page on our website. I'll make sure you have the the website for that. But, um, but essentially I would say little things like just my philosophy and I, I, I think it's a true philosophy, but it's my philosophy is that with clarity and awareness on your money, it is very hard not to get to financial independence by by then. And what I mean by that is being aware of what's happening with your money, understanding how it's coming in and out of your life 
and being clear of what you want to have happen to that money. Those are the two aspects that really help when you're trying to get to financial independence. So an awareness front, I always say there's there, I'll give you like three little things that people can do. And there's more on, on this um, sheet that's on the resources page, but essentially, um, first thing people could be doing is just thinking about their financial week. So you sit down on maybe a Sunday, have your favorite cocktail or beverage or whatever you have, and just sit and think about for five minutes, things that you might be spending money on this week. So maybe you're going out with your buddy to happy hour. That might be $50. Maybe it's dad's birthday. And so that's $80, whatever comes up that week that you know that you're going to be spending on just Acknowledge that that's going to happen and think about what amount do I think I'm going to spend. Now, you don't have to think about that anymore. You've already done that. So if you go out with your buddy and you spent $60, it's okay. It's not a slap on the hand. You did a horrible thing because you went $10 for your budget. This is not a budget. This is just being aware and starting to think about how you're spending money. Then when you're comfortable with that um, habit or that tradition in your life, maybe you start thinking about your week in the past and go, well, I thought it would be $50 with my buddy, but now it's $60. Again, it's not a slap on the hand kind of thing. It's just becoming aware of what you're spending. And are you thinking, do you have the tendency to think you'll spend less than you do? That's the pattern you're trying to see. Or do you have a tendency to think you're going to spend more than you actually do? Then you can make some conscious efforts on you know, I, I tend to always think I'm going to spend less than I actually do. What are some things that I can change to make that not true? Maybe a couple times a week and you'll end up spending a lot less money that way, or you'll end up spending more money. You know, there are people are in extremes. They don't spend, they don't spend way too much money or they spend not enough money on Mm -hmm. themselves. I know Mm -hmm. that sounds silly for a financial person to say that, but that, you know, some people are like eating ramen and they're making like six figures a year. And I'm like, why, why are we doing this? Like, don't you, do you like ramen that much? Like, I don't know why we're eating that much of it. It's just one of those things that we go to these likes extremes. Ramen that much. I know. Well, yeah, I know. I got me through college, but that was about that's it. True. There, there's a time it. and a place for it. <laughs> there is, there is a time and a place. It's great after a night out, but um, it's just one of those things that you just kind of, it goes to extremes. And I think getting that awareness is really important. Another thing that can help with awareness is actually looking at your credit card, which I know everybody hates that when I say that. It's not about putting together a budget though. It's just about looking at the different things that you're spending your money on and seeing how you react to them. You know, seeing, seeing were you regretful you bought that thing? Were you happy you bought that thing? Are you using it a lot? And so that was totally a win, but this other thing, maybe I could have not spent that and gotten a more expensive thing that's actually bringing me joy. You know, it's just about getting aware of that. And I always say, going back to James Clear and the habit, you know, habits book, habit stacking is really important. So, you know, maybe you have coffee every morning and you like to sit and have your coffee in silence. That might be a great time on Thursday mornings to look at your bank account. You know, nobody's around you. You're in a calm of calm state. Don't do it right after you put the kids to bed. That's always, you know, nobody's in a calm state. Not then, a calm you know? state. So, so do it when you're in a calm state that you're in kind of a Zen moment that you're taking for yourself. 
and schedule it so that every Thursday, no matter what, I look at my bank account or I look at my credit card statement, you know, for five minutes and put mm-hmm. a timer on. Nobody's nobody's forcing you to have to do it longer than five minutes. Um, and I would say another little tip that people could do is, um, oh, I'm just totally drawing a blank. I would say that probably the biggest thing is to think of like what an actual financial goal is of yours mm-hmm. and to at least have one and write it down five times a week. Doesn't have to be every day, but if you, in the act of writing it down, we start to think about like, how have, have I done anything to succeed? Have I done anything to get me a little closer to that? And you start to push yourself, that motivation button starts to push in on ourselves because we tend to be harder on ourselves than we are on anybody else. We say things to ourselves that we would never say to anybody else. And in this case, by writing it down and being hard on yourself, that might be a good thing. That might actually get you off the couch to go run your first 5k kind of idea. So absolutely. I love the piece that you brought up earlier around clarity and awareness, Mm -hmm. because to me, those seem to be things, one, they're high leverage, they're higher leverage than we give them credit for, but they also always seem to be within our reach. When it comes to money, I may not be able to make, you know, $500 a month or $10,000 a year come out of thin air, but I can always pursue greater clarity, greater awareness. And then to go back to what you said before, if I have clarity and awareness around how I spend around what my habits are related to money, it's going to be hard to not get to where I ultimately want to go in the future, as long as I'm setting goals that are realistic. But I think that's a valuable piece that applies to motivation as well. What does it look like for us to pursue more pursue more clarity or more awareness around our motivation? And how could that impact the things that we're trying to do? So I think that that might be the quote of the episode right there. So I'm glad that we were able right. to to make our way to that. Lisa, this has been such a good conversation. I know you mentioned the resource earlier. Can you Mm -hmm. tell us a little more before we finish up about where people can learn more about you and about your company and where people might be able to connect with you if they want to learn more about how you can help them? Yes, absolutely. So our website, I think, is probably the best place to go. It's onevisionretire.com. And you can find lots of resources on our resources page. And one of them is um, Baby Step Your Way to Financial Independence, which everybody starts to roll their eyes when they hear Baby Step. (laughs) But at the same time, it's really about those little steps that, that translate to big steps rather than having the big obstacle in front of us. Let's take little steps to get there. And there's 12, three of them I just told you, but there are 12 um, steps on there. So just put in your information. You will be signed up for our uh, biweekly newsletter. I I believe it would be a good resource for anybody to get, but at the same time, you know, just unsubscribe if you don't want it after that. But, you know, hopefully that piece can help a lot. Just kind of get you started and really start that clarity and awareness piece that's really the key to getting to financial independence. Yes, I love that. I'm definitely going to go check it out. And I encourage anybody who's listening to go look at that as well. Lisa, this was a wonderful conversation. Thanks again for making the time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Before we wrap up, let me tell you about one more opportunity that will help you unlock your motivation and pursue your most important goals. 
If you're anything like me, you start the new week with a lot of excitement. You have big plans and you can't wait to see what happens. Once the week gets going though, you may have something unexpected come on your plate or you may simply start to feel overwhelmed by all of the tasks that you have to juggle and it can be difficult to finish the week with the same amount of motivation that you had when you started. If this is a feeling you can relate to, go to my website at bradyross.com and sign up for my midweek momentum newsletter. Each Tuesday, I'll send you a short email with a thought, quote, or reflection, often based on the podcast from the week before. This boost of momentum will help you finish your week with the same amount of drive and determination that you had when you started. After you sign up, you'll receive a free instant download of the introduction in chapter one of my book, Seven Steps to Dominate Your Day and Crush Your Goals. You'll learn how to maximize the power and potential of each day by planning in advance what you want to accomplish. This newsletter is completely free. I won't spam you. I won't sell your information. And you can unsubscribe at any time if for whatever reason you don't find the content helpful. I simply want to help you carry your motivation through the end of the week and give you the boost you need to start doing more of the work that matters. And I think that you'll ultimately find both the information in the email and the timing of it very helpful. So if you're interested, you can sign up today at BradyRoss.com. That's B-R-A-D-Y-R-O-S-S.com. And we'll include that link in the show notes as well. Once again, thanks for listening to today's show. Please subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so. And if you're willing to leave us a rating, that would be awesome as well. Any positive feedback helps us grow this community and spread the word to others who may find the content helpful. As we wrap up, remember, you already have all of the motivation that you need, and it's up to you to decide what you'll do with it. 